mindfulness mode. You know, unfortunately, in our society, we've been taught to avoid our feelings, protect against them, deny them, cover them over with medication rather than open to them. I'm so happy to be here today with a guest who is a best-selling author. She's a relationship expert. And wow, when you get exposed to some of her books, I think you are going to be completely impressed. I'm thrilled today to be with Dr. Margaret Paul. Dr. Paul, welcome to Mindfulness Mode. Are you in Mindfulness Mode today? I am. And thank you so much, Bruce, for having me on. That's great. It's my pleasure to meet you and my pleasure to learn about your books. And I know that you have a new podcast that you've recently put together called Inner Bonding, where you go on and share so much. Dr. Paul, what does mindfulness mean to you? To me, it means um, being very present in your body. Lots of times people are present in their mind and that's very different. That's where that ego self is. And that's not exactly what presence is. So presence is being present with what you feel, with your perception, with your experience of yourself, your experience of others. It's it's just being very, very present. Well, I'd love it if you even expanded on that a little for our listeners. Mindful Tribe, you know, in our society, we're so focused on mind. We really are. And it's very difficult sometimes to make that transition. So can we talk a little bit more about that, Dr. Paul? Yeah, one of the things that I teach people to do, I teach a six-step process, inner bonding. And the first step is learning to use your breath in a form of meditation where you're you're breathing and you're putting your mind on your breath to take you out of mind focus and into body focus and scanning your body for any physical sensations because our emotions tend to show up physically, um, like a tension in your stomach might indicate anxiety. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize about their emotions is that they have incredible information for us. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, in our society, we've been taught to avoid our feelings, protect against them, deny them, cover them over with medication rather than open to them and get the information that they have for us. And this is very sad to me because our feelings are a source of inner guidance. This is the seat of our soul, and our soul often communicates through feelings. And so we we need to be aware, we need to be mindful of what we're feeling, and we need to be open to learning about what our feelings are communicating to us. It's like it's like if you were traveling from LA to New York without a map and without any signposts, you'd be lost. Well, it's the same thing with feelings. Feelings guide us in so many different ways. And so to me, being mindful is being present inside with my feelings and being open to learning about what they're telling me. Well, I love your explanation, Dr. Paul, and I love the title of your new book. It's your one of your newest books, at least. And I think it's I think it's very, very eye opening. It's called Diet for divine connection. And I know that you have cutting edge techniques in this book and that so many people have commented, including John Gray, who said, diet for divine connection is profound 
and practical. So how does it feel having a comment by John Gray inside your book? Do you know Dr. Gray? I do. Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. So are you able to share any of these techniques that you include in your book? Could you share any of them now? Yes, I'd be happy to share them. That'd be great. So the the book, the subtitle is Beyond Junk Foods and Junk Thoughts to At-Will Spiritual Connection. And this has been extremely important to me. Um, I I searched for so long how to have an at-will connection with a higher source of love and compassion, wisdom and truth and guidance. Um, Early in my life, I, I I was a sickly kid. So in my 20s, I started to eat really well. I started to eat only organic foods and I got better. Um, and during that time, I was trying to have this connection, but I couldn't have it. And then 35 years ago, um, our spiritual guidance brought us um, inner bonding. And the basis of it is that there's only two intentions in life. One is the intention to learn about what's loving to oneself so that we can share our love with others. And the other is to protect against our pain with various forms of controlling behavior. So the intention to protect and control lowers the frequency. And our frequency is vital in connecting with our higher guidance because guidance um, operates at a higher frequency. And so we have to be able to move into an intention to learn about loving ourselves. Well, when I got that, suddenly I was able to connect with my spiritual guidance at will. So I thought, wow, this is fantastic. All I have to do is teach my clients about the intention to learn about loving themselves and they'll be able to connect, except they couldn't. And so I realized that having a high frequency was both eating really well so that you keep the energy of your body in a high frequency plus having an intention to learn about loving yourself. When people are doing both of those things like I was, then that spiritual connection is available. It's, it's here for all of us. But, you know, one of the problems is, is that we've been eating, so many people have been eating the sugar and, and you know, the processed foods, the factory farm foods, all, all the ultra processed junk foods that, that harms us. It, you know, it destroys our gut. And, and I talk a lot about that in the book. Not, I don't give a specific diet because it's fine with me, whether people are paleo or keto or vegan or vegetarian. But I do talk about eating clean, organic, high-frequency foods so that we keep the frequency of our energy high. And then teaching people to open to learning about loving themselves. And it's really amazing what happens when people do both of these. My life has changed completely um, as I've learned to have this at-will spiritual connection. And as we talk, I can see that you're just such a happy person and I can feel it coming from you as well. I can feel the high frequency. But I want to ask you this. We talk a lot about food and nutrition on our show, but we also talk about meditation. Now, when we meditate and with silent meditations, particularly, does that uh, lower our frequency? You know, sometimes it does. But again, it depends upon the intention. Some people meditate as a spiritual bypass, which means they're going to bliss out, but avoid responsibility for their feelings. And that will lower their frequency. So it's about intention. 
Some people meditate to connect, to open, to open their heart and connect. And that will raise their frequency. Now, the inner bonding process, which I can go over if you like, it's a six-step process, uh, raises the frequency. It's a form of meditation that raises the frequency. Would you like me to go over I the steps? definitely okay. would like to hear the inner bonding process. Yes, let's hear it. Okay. So step one is, like I said, using your breath to get inside your body and scanning your body and, and noticing what's going on inside and making a decision that you actually want responsibility for your feelings, because this is a process for learning to love yourself. And lots of times people think loving yourself is like taking a hot bath or getting a massage, and that's fine. But loving yourself is more about what we would actually like do for a little child who's upset and needs us to be there and listen and be present with compassion. And that's what we want to do with ourselves and our own feelings. So step one is getting inside, wanting responsibility. Step two is focusing in your heart, consciously opening to learning and learning to access, visualizing that higher source. Sometimes I just tell people to imagine an older, wiser part of themselves, their own higher self. So, you know, a lot of people have had spiritual abuse. And if they think about God, they get scared. God is this judgmental person. Mm -hmm. So I say, well, get beyond that concept and just think of your own older, wiser self and invite the presence of love and compassion. Just say to that higher self, I invite your love and compassion into my heart. And that creates what we call a loving adult where we're open and we're compassionate. And then in step three, we ask our feelings, like let's say you're feeling anxious or you're feeling depressed or you're feeling angry. So you're asking, what am I telling you? How am I treating you that's causing you to feel this way? One of the things we teach is that there's two kinds of feelings. There's the feelings we cause by our self-judgments and ignoring our feelings and turning to addictions and making other people responsible for our feelings. And, and that causes anxiety, depression, guilt, shame, anger, aloneness, emptiness, jealousy, feelings like that. that we're actually causing. And then there's a set of feelings that I call the existential feelings of life. These are caused by other people and circumstances like loneliness when we want to connect and somebody's not there or they're not available or grief over loss or heartbreak over things like what's happening on our planet right now and, and helplessness over other people treating us badly or themselves badly or others badly. So these are, these are the existential life feelings that need our compassion. And the problem is, is that as we were growing up, these were very big feelings. Many of us had very painful childhoods, a lot of grief, a lot of helplessness and heartbreak and loneliness. And we had to avoid these feelings because we were too little to manage them. And so we learned to stay in our head and we learn to judge ourselves and we learn to go to various addictions and we learn to blame other people. Now we need to be tuning in. How are we treating ourselves? What are we telling ourselves? That's what step three is. And if we go inside then and let the feelings communicate, they might say like, well, you're putting pressure on me or you're judging me or you're telling me I have to be perfect or you're ignoring me things like that, so that we start to be aware of how we're treating ourselves. And we start to be aware of what our beliefs are. 
like if I'm judging myself, why? What's the point? Do I believe that that judging myself is the way to get myself to do everything right or do everything perfectly? And so this is a very deep and profound process for becoming aware of our self-abandonment and our false beliefs. And then in step four, once we understand how we're treating ourselves and what our beliefs are, we open again to that higher self and we ask, what's the truth about any of the beliefs and what would be loving to us? And we need that information from a higher source because we have so few role models in our society for loving ourselves. And once we get that information, which is there for us when we're open to learning, then in step five, we take the loving action. We start to take action on loving ourselves. And then in step six, we tune back into how we're feeling. And if indeed we've taken a loving action, we're going to feel relief. We're going to feel so much better. So those are the six steps. They obviously take practice. Anything worth learning takes practice, but they always work when people do them. There's no way that doing these steps is not going to give you a tremendous amount of relief as you practice them. Okay. So do clients sometimes feel a little overwhelmed with these six steps? Because I imagine that some people could read about this, learn about this and kind of think, oh my goodness, how do I take, how do I get started with this? How do I actually do it? Well, yes. And I tell people just start with step one, just start with becoming mindful of, of what you're feeling. You know, so many people just have no idea what they're feeling. So just start with step one. And as you become more mindful of your feelings, then you might be interested in learning about what you're doing to cause them or how to take care of yourself around the existential pain of life, which most people have never learned to do. Right. I'm so glad you framed this out for us because I totally believe that we do have to start that way. And that's what we talk about on our show so much is like, how can we start these basic elements of being mindful? And on your podcast, you talked about the the root that you believe is the problem behind so much of this injustice, this racial prejudice that's going on. Can you share that with us? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people are brought up um, with racist parents and that's one issue. But a major issue is that when as children, we experience a lot of rejection and we learn to disconnect from the beautiful soul that every every one of us has this incredibly beautiful, loving soul. But when we disconnect from it, then we develop our ego, our, our wounded self. And that that part of us um, can do untold harm. That part of us operates from a lot of self-loathing. And so when we, when we have disconnected from who we really are and we start to hate ourselves, but we can't actually own that, we project that self-loathing, that self-hatred out onto others who are different than us, whether it's um, onto people of different races or different sexes or different sexual identity, whatever it is, um, people are projecting their own self-loathing. It's like they're, they're in denial about how they feel about themselves and they're just projecting it out onto others. And from that disconnected place where they have no conscience, where they cannot feel what's going on with another person, 
they can, of course, do um, untold harm, like what happened with George Floyd. I mean, it just it just overwhelms me with oh, pain. Oh, me too. It just uh, makes me so pain. It just causes so much pain. I just can oh, hardly stand it. And and that and that cop what was so cavalier because he's so disconnected from himself. When we're connected to ourselves, we feel other people's pain. We feel the pain of animals. We feel the pain of the planet. We're, we're, we're sensitive in our soul. But when we disconnect from that, we, we lose that sensitivity. And so we can just harm people like he did without feeling anything about it. And so in order for this to heal, I mean, I would love everybody to be practicing inner bonding because they would reconnect with themselves. They would discover how beautiful they are inside. And once we know who we are, it's very easy to see the souls of others. It's just so easy to connect with others. We, we get beyond the external and, and we connect with who the person is, that spark of the divine that they are inside. And, and once we connect with that, there's no way we can harm that human being. This is what needs to happen. Well, I love what you've done to make this easier for us. You've created the Inner Bonding Workbook and you have a raving fan in Alanis Morissette. And everybody knows who that is. I'm sure she's such a, a popular artist, musician, activist. And she said that inner bonding has been a staple in her own personal journey and uh her she's really she really raves about this workbook tell us a little about your workbook and how it can help people well the workbook um well it's so interesting because the the publisher came to me which is the first time a publisher came to me and said we want you to do a workbook we know you've done other workbooks uh, this one has to be completely different and we'll give you like nine months to do it. And I said, I'm not going to need that because when I write, I let my higher guidance write through me. So it took me six weekends and the book came through from my higher guidance. And it was so fun. It's so fun to write when you let your higher guidance write. And so the workbook um, is a way for people to learn inner bonding. You know, I, I have a lot of courses and, and workshops and intenses where people can learn or work with me, but a lot of people can't afford that. So this is a very inexpensive way of learning the six steps of inner bonding. The, work, the workbook will teach them so much about themselves. It'll take them through the six steps. It'll teach them about relationships, about their addictions, about um, how to handle these deeper core painful existential feelings, how to learn from their feelings, how to connect with their higher guidance. So this workbook, I love the workbook and uh, it'll, it'll really be so helpful to anybody who wants to take the time to go through it. And about how long would it take to work through this? I know it must vary from person to person, but can you give us kind of an overall idea? You know, it just depends on how deeply a person is willing to go into it. Really, there, there's no rush. Um, I want to suggest that people just take their time. Don't set a time limit because each each part of it, um, you, you can go deeply into what's really going on for you, your your feelings, your belief system so much. So, I mean, some people go through it very rapidly, but other people may take months to go through it. 
Well, with this uh, pandemic that we've been going through, it's been so difficult for a lot of couples, for relationships, people that have not really spent an awful lot of time with each other, even though they may be married or have these relationships and suddenly they're with each other, you know, for many, you know, many weeks in a row. What are your thoughts? How can we move through this without having so many broken relationships? Well, the main reason that relationships fail is what I've mentioned, which is self-abandonment. When we are abandoning ourselves, um, we're, we're ignoring our feelings, we're numbing out with addictions, we're judging ourselves, we're making our partner responsible. When two people are doing that, what happens is that because they've made the other person responsible, now they're trying to have control over that person to give them the love that they're not giving to themselves. And we control in ways that are very hurtful to a relationship. We get mad, we blame, we give ourselves up, we withdraw, we shut down, uh, we resist, all sorts of ways that hurt uh, the other person. And so when people are together a lot like this and they're expecting the other person to make them feel like they're safe and they're worthy and they're lovable, they're going to then try and control that person. And that's going to create huge, huge problems in the relationship. So this is a great time for people to learn inner bonding and learn to start to take care of themselves, learn to love themselves, because we can't share love with another person unless we fill ourselves up with love. And that's what learning to love ourselves is about. That's what inner bonding is about. Learning to fill up with love so that we have love to share with each other. And when people do that, they create a fantastic relationship. Mm, That's that's fantastic. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I put together a training module called the Stand Up Now Blueprint. Are you feeling overwhelmed or struggling with anxiety and stress? Can you imagine how it would feel to be happier and more relaxed with, with more peace in your life? Well, my training will help you transition to a new place of contentment. It focuses on five simple ways to move from struggling to productive. As a result of this experience, you'll accomplish more that matters to you in your life. So to put it simply, you'll be happier. This training is free and you can get it at mindfulnessmode.com slash S-U-N blueprint. That's mindfulnessmode.com slash sunblueprint. And now back to our show. You talk about psychic wounds. Can you define that for us? What are psychic wounds? Well, a psychic, I mean, we when when we when we're mean to each other, when when we are rejecting, when we um you know, when we're hurtful to people. It's like a dart in the heart. And and that's part of those existential feelings, those psychic wounds, where um, we're, it's just so painful when people are hurtful to each other. And, and so all of us have the capacity to inflict pain on each other when we're not being kind, when we're not being caring and compassionate, when we're up in our head and we're operating out of our wounded self, we inflict those psychic wounds. There's also the, um, the spiritual abuse that inflicts 
psychic wounds where, you know, we're taught that God is a punishing being in the sky mm. um, that's always watching us and we better not do anything wrong and, and, and we're not worthy of love. I mean, I work with so many people. It's so sad where they say, well, I can't really love myself because I'm not worthy of love. Oh my God. That's just one of the saddest things I hear because everybody's worthy of love. Everybody has a beautiful soul who's worthy of love. I mean, it's like if you think of an infant, no matter what's going on with the infant, even if the infant um, has, has issues, has problems, that infant is worthy of love because that infant has a beautiful soul. And so do we. But we, we get wounded when we're told that we're not lovable. We have to be perfect, that, that we're born in sin and we're born bad and we have to prove our worth. Those are all psychic wounds. So, Dr. Paul, when you work with someone who feels that way, they feel like there's, you know, they don't deserve love. How do you prevent that from pulling down your energy and your vibrancy and vibration? Yeah, I don't. I have learned not to take on um, other people's negative energy. When I work with somebody, I, I am very clearly seeing their essence, their, their beautiful soul. I also very clearly see their wounded self and I'm able to hold up a mirror and point it out in a way that helps them to see it so that they don't feel judged. They don't feel bad. They don't feel wrong. We all have that wounded self. We all had to develop it as we were growing up. And so I help people to be curious about it and compassionate about it rather than judge ourselves for that wounded part of ourselves, that ego self. And I help them to be curious about um, that, that part of them that has so many false beliefs. And I help them to start to, to really tune in to how beautiful they are. Mm. And so I, I, don't, I don't take on, I've learned not to take on um, the, their, their negativity, their low frequency. What I do, what I've learned to do, it took me time to learn to do this, but I, I, I bring their energy into my heart for just a second with compassion. And then I immediately release it to spirit because it's not mine. It's not mine to take care of. I used to be a caretaker. I was trained to be a caretaker. I was trained to take care of my parents' feelings, my grandparents' feelings, my kids' feelings, my husband's feelings, my clients' feelings for a long time. And it made me very sick. And when inner bonding came in, that's when I started to learn not to caretake everybody else and to start to tune in and take care of myself so I could truly be loving to others because caretaking others, taking on their feelings does not help anybody. That's enabling them to avoid responsibility. And so I, I've learned that that's just not a loving way to be. Well, I'm curious, Dr. Paul, are there ever clients that you decide not to take on or are there sometimes clients that you decide to discontinue your relationship with them because the energy isn't working or they're not able to grasp these concepts? You know, it's been very, very rare um, for me to do that. Um, it, one or once or twice in the 52 years I've been doing wow. this because it's evident that the person just wants me to fix them, that they're not at all open to learning 
about, about truly healing. So it's been very rare. I work with people with a tremendous amount of trauma, people who have been very, very badly abused. And they heal because there's a, there's a, there's a part of us that was never harmed, no matter what was done to us. There's this beautiful soul essence that was never harmed by no matter what abuse happened. And because I'm able to see that, and because I'm able to send love to that part of them, they start to be able to see it and, and to heal it. And, and um, th this has been a blessing for me. I've had a tremendous amount of training in dealing with people with huge, huge trauma. And, and it's so gratifying to see people who have been suffering so badly heal and begin to love themselves. Wow, that's wonderful. The work that you're doing is just, <clears throat> excuse me, just fantastic that you're doing this work. It really is. I'm curious about the amount of time you spend writing, because I know you do a lot of writing and you love it, compared to the amount of time you spend with clients. What would the, the approximate breakdown be between those two? Well, it depends on, on when I'm writing. Like if I'm writing a book, usually I just do that on, on a weekend. And, and like I said, I, I write very quickly. Like when I write an article, it takes me about half an hour. Wow. And yeah, it comes right through. I, I just say to my higher guidance, okay, you're on. And all I have is the title. And, uh, and so then it comes right through. I put it aside. I go over it a day or two later and send it to my editor. And that's it. It's really fast for me. And I'm very grateful for that because I, I do write a lot of articles and books. So it's, I don't spend an awful lot of time doing that. I do spend time with my clients. I spend time. Um, I have courses. I have 30 day online courses that uh, I have, I have uh, forums for and coaching calls for. So I do that as well. Um, I, I do this. I, you know, what I'm doing with you where I like to share inner bonding with people. So it's a lot of different things that I do. And do you meet with clients one-on-one -on -one as well as virtually over the internet? Um, yes. Well, I don't do it in person. Um, it's all over Skype or Zoom or phone because I work with people all over the world. Um, uh, some people in person who live near me, but most people don't. Um, I also do five-day intensives, three-day advanced intensives. They were all in person, but now I'm doing them on, online on Zoom and, and it gives people all over the world an opportunity to be a part of them. So has that been a fairly easy transition for you, Dr. Paul? Yes, it has. Uh, you know, obviously I've had to cancel workshops and cancel mm -hmm. um, in-person intensives, but I've been very gratified with how powerful the online intensives are. In fact, I've added another one in because the last one that's coming up has been full with a big waiting list. So I decided, okay, I'll do another one because, you know, like I said, like somebody from Australia who wants to do it, couldn't afford the airfare or everything, but now they can afford to do it online. Wow. That's great. It really is. Could you tell us a story about one of your clients who has come from a very low place and moved into a, a wonderful place of contentment and, and peace? Yeah. So, so one of my clients came to me um, with, well, many of them, but this one in particular with an enormous amount of abuse. I mean, just un unbelievable. Um, but she she worked really hard. Um, and through the inner bonding process, 
she, like I said, she was able to start to, to see her essence, deal with a lot of anger, a lot of rage, because when you come from that kind of family, you absorb that. And, and that was, you know, a major way of her, you know, expressing her feelings. She was able to really do a tremendous amount of healing with that and, um, and tap into a lot of gifts. You know, so, so many people who have been abused seem to have an enormous amount of gifts. And it's so gratifying to see the gifts that, that they're able to express. And, and this, this particular person has a lot of healing ability that she has been able to share with a lot of people. And uh, not only with people, but with animals as well. And so it, it's just been very gratifying to me to see um, that happening with people. You talked about when you were a young adult, you had a lot of problems with sickness and so on. And can you talk about the transition when you you started to eat more uh, healthy foods and that kind of thing? Talk, talk to us about the transition that you personally went through as you moved into a place where you were helping others. Yeah, well, so when I was 22, which was a long time ago, um, I read Silent Spring by Rachel Carson and I realized she was right. And I read the poisons in your foods and I just threw everything out and I started to shop. There was one little tiny health food store. I lived in LA at that time and that's where I shopped. And so since then I've only eaten all organic, fresh as much as I can, local as much as I can. That made an enormous difference in my health, but it didn't bring me all the way. And it wasn't until inner bonding, until spirit brought in inner bonding that I realized that a big part of my not being really well was not loving myself, was, was caretaking others. And I was getting so drained, you know, caretakers that we think we're being loving, but actually we're giving in order to get love. And so, and it's very draining. And that was actually killing me. I was getting very, very ill. Um, and so when inner bonding came in, I realized, okay, I have got to start to love myself, but it was very scary. Because I knew that if I stopped caretaking everybody, I might find out that some of the people who said they loved me didn't. And that's exactly what happened. It was, it was the hardest time of my life. My parents disowned me. My 30-year my marriage ended. My children were angry with me. Um, they've since come back. But it was a really, really tough time. And, and it took a lot um, it took a lot of courage on my part to, to continue to love myself in the face of their demands to go back to the caretaking. But I got me back and I got inner bonding on a very deep level. And I had been working as a traditional therapist for 17 years and I was not happy with the results of my own. I'd had tons of my own therapy. And I wasn't happy with that or with the people I was working with. And that's when I started to ask for a process. And that's when that process came in. I met my best friend, Dr. Erica Chopic. She had half the process. I had half the process. We put it together. And, and that's when inner bonding emerged. And it's been evolving for 35 years. And that is the most gratifying thing in my life because it works. It really, really works in ways that no other therapy that I've ever tried for myself or with others works. 
Wow, Dr. Paul, that's a very moving story. And, you know, I, I take it that people like your previous husband and some of these other people, they knew you as a different person and they were expecting you to act and behave as that previous person. And when you changed, they had no idea how to handle it. I, am I right about that? Well, yes, they, they I mean, see, you know, we get married under a certain agreement Right. And the agreement was that I was going to be the caretaker. Yes. Well, that agreement changed because it was killing me um, right. with my parents, too. I was an only child and I had taken on responsibility for them. And and so when I when I gave that up, they were very upset. They were angry. They were very disappointed. Like, what's wrong with me? And, uh, you know, it's very hard. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we have a kind of tribal instinct where we want to be a part of our tribe. And but sometimes we have to let that go in order to create what I call our inner family, which is our connection between our heart, our loving adult, our inner child, which is our soul, our feeling self and our higher self. And when we really practice inner body, we create that inner family and it's very powerful, very strong. And then what happens, what happened for me is we draw in people who are at a different frequency, who, who, who we resonate with. And so while there's a lot of loss, there was a lot of loss for me. There was also at this point in my life, wonderful, wonderful people in my life who, who are loving and caring and supportive and are at a very similar frequency to me because we, we, had a, we attract people at our common level of woundedness or our common level of health. And so I, because I was operating out of my wounded self as a caretaker, I was attracting people who were takers, who just wanted me to give to them. Now I don't attract that into my life. Now I'm attracting at my common level of health rather than woundedness. I've never heard it quite described that way before. And I really like that, that, you know, we attract people that are at our common level of woundedness and health, that really explains things, you know, so clearly. I want to move forward by asking you a question about bullying, because I've worked in the field of bullying for about 10 years. And I just want to know if you have a story that you could share with us about bullying, maybe about yourself, maybe as a child or as an adult, where mindfulness would have made a difference. Well, you know, a story comes to mind Maybe I'll answer that question in a minute, but I was working with a mother and her daughter was being bullied. And so she started working with her daughter about inner bonding and kids can learn it. And so her, her daughter came home from school and said that this boy had been bullying her. And the daughter said to him, you know, I know that underneath you're a really nice kid and I feel so sad that you hate yourself so much that you're treating me this way. And the kid backed off. Wow. Wow. How powerful is that? Yeah. Wasn't that amazing? Yes. This is like an eight-year-old girl wow. that was able to, to see that, to see beyond what was happening there. And, um, and that's what I've done because certainly over the years I've been bullied. I was bullied as a kid, didn't know how to handle it. Uh, but as an adult, when I see people doing that, I, I do something similar. You know, I say, look, I'm, I'm not available to being treated this way, but 
you must be suffering a lot. And uh, I'm here to listen to you if you need to talk about what's really going on for you. And sometimes that has helped them open. Other times, I will just disengage. I mean, if it's somebody that is not at all open to taking any responsibility for themselves, I will just say, I'm not available for this and I'll, and I'll disengage. Right, right. I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this, Dr. Paul, who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? I think the one person that influenced me the most, he's no longer alive. His name is Jim Bugenthal. He was a therapist that was brilliant and I knew him and his books were very powerful. So he's influenced me enormously in this process. And you've talked about this a bit, but can you sum up how mindfulness has affected your emotions? Well, it's everything for me. Mindfulness to me is being aware of my emotions and it's just totally increased my perceptiveness, my ability to stay present, my ability to help others, my ability to take responsibility for my feelings. I want to talk about breathing and how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Yes. So breathing is one of the first things is being aware, using your breath to get present in your body. Um, I'm very aware of my breathing. I'm aware of it taking me inside and being present with what's happening inside. Well, I'm so impressed by your books. Healing Your Aloneness is one of them and Inner Bonding. And and then the one we've talked about, Diet for Divine Connection, as well as the Inner Bonding Workbook. And I would recommend all of those books. Are there any books you recommend besides your own that can help with mindfulness? Oh, boy, I haven't thought about that. I read a lot. And I find that just about everything I read helps with that. I think that anything people read can help them become more aware. And so I, I can't think of a particular one because I read so many books. Of I'm course. A reader. Yeah, no, I will put those books into our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. So Mindful Tribe, you can check out these books. And the last question is about any kind of app or any kind of like website or healing music or anything like that. Is there anything you recommend along those lines? Well, I do recommend that people um, hear healing music. It helps people to be present, helps them to tune in. One of the, I don't know a particular app, but I know that there are apps that remind people to get present. Like maybe it just rings a bell or a buzzer or it says something about just get present. Um, I, I, when I first started doing it, I wore something called a motivator that buzzed against my body and helped me to learn to stay present because that's not easy. Yeah, there are lots of apps like that. That's for sure. Pomodoro apps do that and will remind you every 25 minutes or however you set them up. So there are lots of apps. So thanks for that. Well, it's so great to have you on the show. I'm so glad that I was introduced to you. How can we connect with you besides getting your books, Dr. Paul? Well, we have a wonderful website, innerbonding.com. We offer a free seven-day course to help people start to learn inner bonding. There's a whole section there called free help where people can get a lot of help. There's many, many thousands of articles on the site that can be an enormous help to people. And they can find out about any of my courses, my intensives, 
We have Interbonding Village, which is a membership site where people can get a tremendous amount of help and support. We have a fantastic facilitator training program where many, many people are learning to be interbonding facilitators and many of them offer uh, sessions that are discounted. So for people who want to work, but they can't afford to work with me, there's many other people they can work with. Well, thanks for making all of this available at innerbonding.com. That's fantastic. And thank you for being with us today, Dr. Paul. This has been a very enlightening interview. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Bruce. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. All the best to you. Bye now. Mindful Tribe, I hope you've enjoyed today's interview. And if you did, please tell your friends about the show. Every person who subscribes and listens, that helps our show. And anyone who offers to do a review, that also helps do a review on iTunes or on any app that you listen to the show on. So that would be great. In the meantime, I just wanted to mention what I mentioned partway through the show today that I put together a training module. I wanted to remind you about that. And that can help you if you're experiencing anxiety or stress or if life feels like a struggle for you. So just check out the training, it's free. It's called Five Simple Ways to Move from Struggling to Productive. And you can find that at mindfulnessmode.com slash sunblueprint. So take what you've heard today and reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.